In 2021, Talk About It Outdoors partnered with an industry-leading brand that has stamped its name on the outdoor industry. Cruiser Saddles in itself stands on perfection, and with every climb we make, we elevate ourselves above the rest. In addition to a support to our hunting journey, the men and women behind Cruiser believe in the same principles of life as us. Faith, family, and the blessings of being better as they go in every sit. If your desire to pursue your passions one step ahead of the rest, go ahead and get in the best. Check them out on all the socials or head over to their website at www.cruiser.com. That's C-R-U-Z-R.com. And tell them to talk about it outdoors, boys, and Chasing Weekends sent you their way. The journey of life has a unique way of being able to create tried and true friendships as we go. In forming those relationships, oftentimes good things come to follow. Talk About It Outdoors is proudly supported by Cal Hardy of Arrowhead Land Company. Cal is the leading broker over Georgia and is happy to assist you with finding the place where you can call home. With vast knowledge and an understanding of the ever-evolving real estate market and a unique old-school approach to everything he does, he exemplifies what it means to treat others like you'd want to be treated. Don't settle for being just another number in a phone. Choose Cal Hardy for all your land, home, and commercial real estate needs and become a part of his family. We sure are blessed to have him as a part of ours. Find him on Facebook, Instagram, or give him a call at 770-296-2163. Step back to the times when a feed store was more than just that, and the people inside smiled with friendly faces and provided a place for a talk on life, as well as all your essential farm, livestock, and pet needs. Cherokee Feed the Seed located in Ball Ground, Georgia, with an additional location in Gainesville, are the hometown supplier of all your cattle, equine, and pet needs, with the added addition of being able to keep your deer herd healthy with protein and minerals. They also carry an assortment of hunting blinds and gear, and you can rest easy knowing the people that support local ball clubs and children's sports are who your hard-earned money is going to. The people here greet you with a handshake and a smile, and Cherokee Feed and Seed give more than just a product. They give you a welcome that'll make you return time and time again. Stop in next time you're in the area and tell them you're part of the Talk About It Outdoors family. A few years back, when an overbearing and overgrown backyard became an eyesore, I looked for a solution to resolve. LRS Land Services created a stunning and complete transformation turnkey at an affordable price with their mulching services. Not limited to mulching, LRS can provide turnkey grading and clearing, maintenance, right-of-way clearing, and even development for any and all forestry needs. With an innovative outlook on what is best for your land and a completely different approach than others, LRS can transform your overgrown eyesore into a beautiful landscape of your dreams. Give them a call at 404-889-1105 or check their work out on Facebook at LRS Land Services. Logan and his team are ready to make your land brand new again. Building the foundation of your life starts at the base, and the stronger it is, the better. 
Talk About It Outdoors is proud of our strong partnership with United Concrete and Paving and the foundation of support they provide. Whether your new home being built needs concrete work or that driveway you're tired of beating all the bearings from your pickup needs a paving, Michael and his team can provide any residential or commercial project support you might need from the ground up. If you're tired of tripping over that unsettled patio slab or a future shop build needs a smooth start, United Concrete and Paving can get you going when you need it most. Give them a call at 404-831-3036 and make sure you tell them them TAI boys are where you heard it first. You ready, Nick? Let's do it. All right, everybody, talk about it outdoors live for our final session in the Wilson studio. Once again, Nicholas, Cody, Mayo, Tyler and Caleb, and Mr. Jason Lewis, the legend himself, has joined us for our inaugural kickoff, our inaugural send-off. It's going to be a fun one tonight. And if you didn't realize it, nothing's good enough for Mayo in any capacity that we do. Y'all pull up a chair and set a while. This is going to be a fun one, I promise you that. Can we get any more complaints out of him before we get this thing started, Nick? It's been a funny afternoon. Oh, my goodness. What's going on? I can't hardly hear you. You can't hardly hear me? No, not at all. Really? It's the final afternoon. We're working the kinks out of this new system. Final afternoon in the Wilson studio. Maybe have have try that. Uh, Can you hear me now? Oh, we can hear you. Is that better? I turned it too far down. You had your bass too low. Oh, um. Are we nervous? Am I nervous? Are you nervous about this episode? Well, I was going to ask you, have you thought of a new name for the new studio? No. I come up with two this morning. Oh, wow. You're going to drop them like that? I don't know. You want me to drop them? Well, yeah, throw them out there. (laughs) Wait, drop one and then we'll drop one later. (laughs) Full Sin Studios? (laughs) Um... Shit, I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness! I don't. I think one of them was the, the D board pool house. <laughs> the D board pool house. No, yeah, I, don't I don't like that. I one. don't remember the other one. <laughs> splish splash! I was taking a bath. <laughs> uh, nope, not that one either. Not that one. Either. <laughs> we didn't put a shower in. So, for everyone that doesn't know, for the last eighteen months, it seems like we've been working on a, a new place, a new pad, a new home for talk about it outdoors is something we talked about in the very beginning and i think it's uh well we'll see what it shakes up to i don't know what's going on with that somebody's got something we got all kinds of new uh things going on with talk about it outdoors we've got a new system if it doesn't sound as good as it did previously we're gonna throw this one off a cliff shoot it with a shotgun and we'll whoop everybody at guitar center <laughs> not one boy anthony if you hear this i'm sorry but it is a nice you. sleek new unit though yeah zoom pod track p8 I don't know. I feel nervous tonight for some reason. Because there's more people here? No, I don't think it's that. Well, I'm in the presence of greatness, uh, Mr. Jason Lewis. Well, I was just, I was thought you were talking about Mayo. He actually showed up. No, no, I was, that, that's a stranger. There's a stranger, oh. you know that song? There's a stranger in my house. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, you think he came over here because Mark didn't come over here? You think Mark, you think Mm-mm. Mark's been running him off? I bet, I bet he's been over there outside the door just. Don't you remember you told me you love me, baby? <laughs> Just every other day. How, how did he know he was even doing a podcast? He can't get on the notes. Oh yeah. No, I added him back to the back to the group. The chat. text though. The yeah. green text. Yeah. yeah. 
green text. Don't you hate Handle. that? Oh, it drives me. There's only one person in our entire bandwidth, and this is going to be a beat-up session for anyone that doesn't know because we love him so much, but there's only one person that hasn't converted to an iPhone. Any guesses? <laughs> Any guesses? It's Mayo. Can't send pictures, can't send. We told him to get a burner phone. Yeah, and he said he was going to. <laughs> it's just it's just for the podcast well, it's just Joke. for the podcast yeah. Morgan. goodness well hey you know the one thing about it, if he gets a burner phone he won't have to put minutes on he don't call us <laughs> that's, that's right you could probably put 100 minutes on it and last the rest of your life tomahawk chop how about them braves dude 12 in a row looking for 13 mm-hmm. albies out for the next 60 days I know it. but at least it's broke yeah, not not. On the, I was I was afraid it's a torn Achilles yeah. or something. Yeah. Do you think that going into the future of of what we're trying to do with the shows and the bow shoot, and everyone knows that we're going to be dropping out that out soon, that it's going to turn into what we always dreamed it would be, or do you think that we're just kind of still on that mountain climbing? I think we've surpassed our dream so far. We've done a lot more than we ever thought. So I yeah. sound different on this unit. Maybe it's your headphones. Maybe it's my headphones. I don't know. The limiters are on. It's going to take some getting used to. No, I think we've surpassed that by a long shot. Whoa. (laughs) What do you think? If you set goals for what we wanted to do and accomplishing the things that we've set forth, I think that we've well surpassed that. I mean, I never would have dreamed we'd be doing a show at the NWTF, and yet you took it to that level. I never dreamed we'd be sitting in a basement talking to some of our best friends a year ago. You think about it. All right. First episodes we ever did, you and I would sit down here and shoot the bull. Then Cody came in and and we'd sit down here and we'd be like, what are we going to do next week? What are we going to do next week? And now we're booking shows out three, four, five, six, seven weeks in advance. And we've done four shows with Jason and, and him showing up. I'll never forget him sitting across from us in that lone wolf shirt talking about the mobile game, bumping and dumping. We had Cody here with all his family. You know, we did an amazing episode with him and Mark on their journey through Kentucky. I don't no. know. I just – no, Illinois. Sorry. I said Kentucky. I don't know. I'm, I'm nervous. I, I don't know why. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's going to be a – I think it's going to be a good thing to get in a new atmosphere. I think it's going to be tough on all of us to get used to it to meet in a different place. I mean, even though it's your home, I think it's still going to be a change for us. It's, it's hard for people to make change. Change is tough for a lot of people. And, uh, I mean, you spoke about that a couple of weeks ago, and it's tough for folks. I think it'll be different from a capacity of looking at things. But we always said we wanted to have somewhere we walked into, and when the door closed, boom, the game over. This is where we're laying it down. This is the outdoors. There's no – crap we have to deal with to distract us and i think when we walk in that room we'll flip the lights on turn it down low and i don't know we'll kick it up and see what happens <laughs> crank it ac it down <laughs> yeah it's all it'll be on 70 about two o'clock test turn the air on baby please it's gonna be warm in there today are you excited to get over there i'm gonna miss coming over here i, I really am i mean and I don't want anyone to think that this is the end of it. Maybe we start remodeling over here and we have this as a summertime, that is a wintertime. You know, something, maybe we do something different. That winter unit runs all day. (laughs) (laughs) That $600 power bill hits my house. I'm like, shoot, Nick, you know, I've been rethinking this. I don't know if it's such a good idea to be over here. But, no, I think it's just something that we've got to adjust to. And 
I don't know. It'd be cool. I'm about to turn this into the weekend production studios down here. We'll build it out and we'll put some big screens on the wall and have our monitors. We'll have a battle station there. We'll have some joysticks yeah. and stuff. It's going to look like that uh, pole. wrong kind of weekend production yeah wrong production fishing pole oh fishing pole got you wrong production studio yeah here we go this is where it all goes downhill if you didn't know we've been sitting here for two and a half hours talking and and jostling at each other i can't cook mayo can't call anybody back watson toots his own horn caleb and uh tyler are going through a rough patch in their relationship and jason well he's just here so What is it? What is the deal with y'all's relationship right now? Do we want to we want to talk about that on here? <laughs> no, we're good. Y'all are solid. Oh yeah, they're they're in a little bit of lovers quarrel. Who brought that on? Me. He's, he's been leaning over towards Cody too much. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> they're getting into those get fiddles with each other over there playing music. Oh Can what? You? Get fiddles. Oh guitars. Yeah, guitars. Oh well. Yeah. Nashville. Mm-hmm. What's the um? What's the name of the band? <laughs> we got no band name. <laughs> Y'all got to come up with a band name. Oh, God. I would love to say something right now, but there's probably kids <laughs> listening. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. you played a band when you were younger, didn't you? The High Five Heartbreakers. <laughs> 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 oh. The only hearts y'all are breaking is the man sitting over to y'all's left. So <laughs> let's settle down here. Well, I, I know over the last two years, and we're we are coming up on two years in what? November. November. <laughs> so it won't be it'll be here before you know it, you know. Yeah. But I, I know coming up to that point it's been a lot of fun and we've we've been, had the opportunity to speak with a lot of people, but I think the biggest thing is we've been able to involve a lot of our own friends, you know, we've been able to bring people into the inner studio and the inner sanctum and I think that's been one thing that's been beneficial to us, but it's also been a blessing in a lot of ways because we've been able to have conversations that I, for one, never thought would be recorded. But you know, that's pretty neat. What do you mean, recording? Like some some certain people, like having certain people on. What like Chipper Jones? Yeah. No, I mean that was cool and all. You know, I mean it's Chipper Jones, and he sat across the table from us and told us all kinds of stories about dog and deer and everything else. But I mean, you go back to the days of talking to Don and Greg Lessinger and all the jury guys. I mean, we've talked to people, Dave Wozniak. I mean, him and Ali have became a staple of somebody we see on social media every day, and that was a chance opportunity meeting them, just seeing them on a post. The Hoyt Bloodline, he she won it, and then we've build a relationship with them we've got buck fever that we've talked to you know we've talked to the guys from illinois with nose down we've had matt jennings on twice i mean we've had all these different people on but i don't think anyone in particular has been better than the other but i've also had a lot of good conversations with people heart to heart that we have on an everyday basis and i think that gets back to what we wanted to do in the beginning was just have a conversation and i think we've come full circle in that so. Seems like some of the best conversations we have with the people that we didn't realize was going to be the ones. Uh, we always set our expectations like, you know, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. They were all good. But the ones that we didn't set ourselves up like that foot on the head. Oh, absolutely. That was that was both of our, probably one of our favorite episodes. Or Compass South. Yeah. I mean, I, we had no idea what those guys were going to bring to the table. But it, at the end of it, we're having a, a genuine front porch conversation with them. We had Alan Bullman on, and Alan's continued to be a supporter of ours from, from the get-go. I mean, Alan's helped us build everything that we've done throughout it all, and I think he continues to do that. So, I don't know. 
Tell me a fun fact. Anybody got any fun facts they want to share? <laughs> this is a, this is a little lively cat. Why do y'all put these headphones on and just forget where y'all are at? Nerves? Is that what it is? I got an episode I need to drop out of Mayo. I'll Listen, who's who, who's ready for deer season? Let's talk a little deer hunting real quick. We got everybody. Amen. <laughs> we got everybody in the house. Um, has everybody got trail cameras out? Yes. We're about to. Yeah. I, I got I got trail cameras out. I got two out. Um, I need to get some more out. I have not been to the Midwest yet to put any out. Have you, Jason? Yes, sir. How many you got? Uh, we just put out six, I believe. Okay. Uh, the only reason we put them out is because we were already up there. So. Do y'all run solar panels this time of year on them? No. No, we put lithium batteries in them, and they'll last, they'll last just through um, November, and we'll swap them out the week of the rut, and they'll last till March. Really? Yes, sir. How, how long how – long, um, um, time do you put on them for them uh, to last that long? This time of year, two minutes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, oh, and God. you said that was Illinois. Yes, sir. Y'all don't run. Y'all don't run any in Iowa, or do y'all wait on the draw? Wait till we get drawn. Okay. Yeah. How many points you got? Uh, I got three going into this year, so next year it could happen. But I think I'm gonna wait and try to get five. We said her at announce that shotgun draw. I ain't I found out if I've got mine or not. And I'm fixing to punch Mayo <laughs> right in the teeth. So let me let me ask you this because I just bought my first point for Illinois, or Iowa. So, do you put in on your fourth, or do you wait to your fifth? I usually put in on my fourth, but because of point creep, you know what that is? No. The number of people that are putting in that are new, it pushes the point creep further for what you have to have. I'd say wait till you have four and put in going into five. Okay. For a good zone for a bow, bow tag, that's what it's going to take Yeah. to get guaranteed draw. I'm excited. Are you going to go up and put cameras out? Illinois? Yeah. Yeah, me and Alex was talking about that today. I think um, we might just make a Saturday, Sunday up and back. That's what me and you go up and stay and drop them off or whatever and, and go on up and stay. Y'all can stay with us or y'all ain't got to. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But just, I just want to get up there to get some out maybe late. I probably ain't going to run up till August because, heck, we're so busy coming up. Let me prepare uh, you for something that I wasn't prepared for. Do you know what diesel fuel is in Illinois right now? <laughs> Seven. Close. Really? Yeah, I think it was 629. Good thing I got a gas burner. Yeah. So the shipment <laughs> Illinois from ball ground and back. Pulling a trailer, six hundred and thirty five dollars round trip. Oh my lord. Think about that for a minute. But what the crap? Do you think that's going to impact people going out of state? A hundred percent it is. Because oh, yeah. you budget and you take your week off and now you gotta factor in fuel on top of food and everything else that's going up. Yeah, I do. That wouldn't hurt to slow some of the hunting around down there. When are y'all thinking about going? What's the date? Sometime, well, it probably won't be August now. Probably the first weekend in September. I'll be gone <laughs> then, but we always go up Labor Day. I mean, it's kind of been a... That's the first weekend in September, ain't it, exactly. Dick? If mm-hmm. I'm not yep. checking my calendar right. But. Yep. Well. <laughs> yeah. Y'all have, to, y'all have to ride together on that, boys. I'll be uh, I'll be at the beach. Yep, I'll be at the Dove Field. So, I, um, I've done a lot of preparation work this past year on camera spots in Illinois. I went in there and cleaned out some shooting lanes and sprayed some... Weed killer and stuff. I really think that hurt my spot. I think really? I, I think I just changed the look of it from what they're used to in that natural area. I don't think I'm gonna do it again. Hmm. Have you ever noticed that? No, but I don't ever spray her. Really? Yeah. yeah. I don't think I will again either. Yeah. It just gets so open in there when the leaves come off anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah. your, your spot, you have a lot of ground vegetation where you're at. Yeah. Yeah, and I sprayed it all because the. <clears throat> 
What'd you do? Turn that up for me? I'm fixing, I'm fixing stuff. So if y'all hear pitch changes and things like that going on, I'm sorry, but you're just going to deal with pitch it in this change. one. So two strikes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what he just said. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it was like a lot of, I don't even know what you call it, grass. It was probably waist high. And I went in there and sprayed it all. I just don't think the deer liked that. I think they felt more comfortable walking through that because it was just a basically an old road, logging road that had grown up. And I just tried to make it just a better looking shots and scenery. But sometimes I think that hurts you. Yeah. I think that hurts you for tight areas. And not all the time, but I think it can mess a big buck up at certain times. I don't have to worry about that because I'm not fortunate enough to have a lease in Illinois. I'm going to go trek it on public land just like I have the last three years. And Well, I'm not going to this year. I'm not going to go in there and make that make those drastic changes and change their pattern. Do you think that the the narrative will change this year for you when you go to Illinois? And I'm going to ask each person this and, and what they their thought process is. Going into this year, what did you learn last year that will be your biggest takeaway? I, I think, I think well, I'll, I don't know if I'll be able to answer that until I get comfortable once I get that saddle, but I think that's going to – so that's that is something you're yeah. going to be more mobile with. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, I'm going to try to I'm going to try to be more mobile the best I can. Um, but I think that's what I want to do because, and I was talking to a guy this week about that. It seems, um, it seems like here lately, and 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 this probably goes for this goes for you. I know certain times, but um, this has happened to Brandon a lot lately up there hunting with us in Illinois. It seems like the first time Brandon ever goes to a spot. He kills a good deer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Virgin sit. Yeah. I mean, first time every time. Yep. So I'm going to just stay mobile and keep moving. Yeah. Heck will stay. Heck will be married to a place in the rut. Yep. Well, and I think. Because that's when I go. Yeah. And, and we all hunt November. I mean, we're, you know, I may have said it many times and just like what the guys over at Midwest Fighttail chase in November. I mean, that's our, that's a mantra that echoes so much through us guys that travel out of state to hunt. We are chasing November, but we've hit it the last couple of years. Have we hit it late? Have we hit it early? You know, you're always playing that guessing game. I'm, I'm not changing anything that I'm doing. I'm going to get in thick. But I will say this. I did get a tidbit of information from a guy that lives up there that my spot has changed completely. They busted a beaver dam that was there, and it was a flooded area behind where I hunted at that kind of pinch pointed them down. That beaver, is it's gone. There is no more flooded area there, and that's just a creek. So those deer can change. And what pattern is going to change there for me? Well, I don't know, but I'm going to put that lone wolf to work because she's bouncing around. That's right. I'm sure my new saddle pouch. My new side pouch. If you hadn't seen that yet, you can go check it out. Lone wolf custom gear's got a little side pouch going. I'm going to have one of them. Such a gadgeteer. I'm sure you'll be right back in that same tree with a 150 inch deer walking right down that same damn trail. I hope a 160 this time. Let's let's go up 10 inches each year. 140, 150, 160. And I promise you, you'll get a phone call and trade. <gasps> He's down. He's down. I got him. Well, go ahead and say what you got. No, 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 no. I want to hear everybody else's what they're going to do this year. What Jason, they learned from last year. Man, I learned it. I mean, I've, I've told you all time and time again, I'm the anti-chase uh, in November. I, I hate the rut. It's a love-hate relationship. Let me rephrase that. I love watching deer do what they do best and grunting and chasing does and all that. I hate having a deer pattern and not having him killed by the rut because he could be two miles away. So what I'm going to do different is try to spend a little more time in October. Landon got his hunter safety certificate. He just finished it up the other night. We've been working on it every night. He's going to hunt that youth weekend, which is pretty cool, the 8th through the 10th. Um, not this year, but next year, starting in January 23, you can use a centerfire rifle 
single shot so long as it's a straight wall cartridge in Illinois. So that's going to be pretty cool. Um, so I'm going to focus on him, try to get him on his first. He's, he's hunted a lot with me, spent a lot of time in. So I'm going to take him up there and try not to spoil him. So that's going to be different for me. Keep her go- rolling, boys. Next. Execute. I mean, I feel like I've I've come to know the area that we hunt so well up there, and I know where I need to be. And now it's just going to be stand selection and just execute. You know, I missed that giant last year, misranged him. It's just, I think I just got to get back in there and do kind of the same things I've been doing. Um, but execute, just kill. <laughs> I mean, really, I don't know. I don't know what else to, to say. I think the biggest thing for you and i'm gonna say this on here is to stop putting so much pressure on yourself especially the first year we went cody really didn't have that pressure on himself he didn't he didn't put it on him and this goes for anyone when you put yourself into position you're putting so much pressure on yourself you you forget to enjoy the ride the first year we went up there we had an amazing trip i didn't take a deer cody took one and I think you went into it and didn't put the pressure on yourself. I almost put it on myself. I was bouncing around, you know, all over the place, and I set forth that next year. I'm not going to do that. You had the pressure on it of hauling around a cripple with you. I mean, I was down lame with my hand, and you, you know, helped me out with everything. So last year you had Caden for the first time. He, he ain't a virgin to Illinois anymore, so you ain't got no pressure on yourself. Yeah. Just take it off. Yeah. You know, turn it off. Yeah, and I, and I agree. I did put a lot of pressure on myself. There's about three days I didn't hardly talk to Alex or anybody. I was just so focused on trying to just 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 trying to figure out what I needed to do, where I needed to be. Uh, you know, I was in a block of woods. It was only five acres, and I moved my stand three different times. I was using the Lewis, you know, technique. Bucks run out of the area down. 20 yards and if i wouldn't have done it i would have never got even shot at those deer and so just get in there and just execute just do what i've been doing but just focus slow down um not let the i think i may have let the camera get in the way a little bit last year so i really got to decide what i want to do there i think i potentially could have got a better shot on that deer if i wouldn't have been so focused on the camera but just practice work harder on that stuff up to november and just get in there and just know what i need to do and execute i'm confident in everything i'm confident in my shooting i'm confident just do it mm-hmm. i don't think you but the camera you did a great job of getting it in position the The only thing that hurt you was that miss range yeah that's it. that that's it it wasn't the shooting it wasn't the camera the the miss range you all the excuses in the world that if you had yeah. made the range at 52 yards instead of 42 you've been a dead deer mm-hmm. you Anybody can make buy that a range shot. finder yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, but i, I want to ask y'all two a question before we get to y'all three talking about pressure how much pressure is going to change for you two taking a guy that don't never oh yeah whitetail hunt like is that going to do you feel like that's going to be a split or just going to be we don't care I mean, I, I, I love we, you, we, yeah, we love you, Shad, when you hear it, but my mentality for what I'm doing changes none. I, and I'm going to put him in a position. Yep. Cody and I have talked about it. We were going to place him in the best possible position that we see fit for him to take a deer. If he's successful, that's absolutely amazing. I am so thankful that we put him in that position. If he's not, 
I'm sorry, you had the opportunity. I, I can't, I can't, you know, I, you, you can't never guess. And we've said it so many times, whitetail hunting is such a chance. You can plan for the for the whole hunt how you're going to lay out. He's going to come from this way. I want them to walk into this shooting lane. He's going to be there. It's chance. And we're putting him in the best possible opportunity to be successful. Now he's got an advantage. He's going to be using a crossbow. You know, he can't pull a bow back. So he's going to extend his range a little bit more and maybe be a little more accurate what he's doing. But he's still got to be successful in his shot, and he's still got to execute. So he's a hunter, and I yeah, honestly absolutely. believe that he'll be successful there. But I think it's cool, though, that you guys have made that relationship with him and y'all are willing to carry him. I and, for, think- and for everybody, we're talking about Shad Brunson, who I just got back from Utah with. We extended the, the invite to him, so he's flying in. The day before, and we're going to pick him up, mm-hmm. and he's going to go for the week with us. And, and he's never hunted in a deer stand. He's only ever hunted mule deer and elk, turkeys, and so forth. But he's never he's never hunted a whitetail. He's never been in a lock-on. That first 100-inch eight-pointer comes out, it is gone. There ain't Whack. no yeah. Whack. I hope he's I hope he's a meat hunter, too. I hope he's working y'all's tails off up there. Well, he's going to have one opportunity. When he kills one, I told Cody, I said, we're putting him behind the camera. We're going to make him run a camera for somebody. <laughs> yeah, he, he kills a buck. Get in a tree. <laughs> but, you know, that's part of this podcast that has been great for you for that relationship. I mean, you you kind of met him before the podcast, I think. But for you to go out there and turkey hunt with him and now bring him out here, I mean, that's – you can't say that that relationship wouldn't have been made without this probably. No, absolutely. No, it wouldn't. It, it would have been, you know, a, a conversation I had on the phone with him, and we probably would have been, you know – facebook friends or whatever but extending opportunities to go turkey hunt somewhere i mean we had him on the show twice would we have ever you know ventured out to invite him to go with us probably not i mean and i think that's the good thing about it it's opened up so many doors for for people to do more you know we go back to to a saying we said so many episodes ago just go just take that opportunity and go and shad took that opportunity and ran with it and he's just going so Bring on November. We sent him our food list from last year, and he responded, "Holy, what did he say? Holy Hannah, holy Hannah." <laughs> I was like, and that was for four nights of food. What till I get you six nights? I mean, it was it, and that's something you know that we like to do. We like to have a good camp. We like to eat, and you know, I'm not going out to eat when I'm in camp. I want to have those opportunities to cook and and sit around, have a few cold ones, and you know, just just relax, just tell what's going on, you know. And I don't know. I think that's something we've tried to breed into this podcast is just to have those things. Do you guys camp up there, Jason? Do y'all have a good camp? Oh, yeah, we do. We're we're very fortunate. We've got a farmhouse that we stay at, and it's like a hunting club. That's where everybody goes and we cook out. <laughs> what did you find in the basement well, of that so thing? <laughs> let me tell you about the farmhouse. Um, one of the, the farmer we, we lease from, his one of his sons is moving back home. He works for a fertilizer company, so he's going to be staying in the farmhouse we normally stay at. So we have a second farmhouse that came available, but the deal was we had to go in and do all the work. Well, I didn't know that uh, when we got there, that buddy that was the renter had a pet raccoon that he left in the basement for six weeks, and it tried to claw its way out and chew its way out of the insulation. We found it dead, scooped it up, had to put him in a bag. Oh, my gosh. We had to clean everything and spray it. It was it was disgusting. We <laughs> kicked the rats out because they had come in and – we did a lot of work, a lot of sweat equity went into that. But it makes it fun, you know. And when you're invested like that, um, I think it just makes it that much more worthwhile. So now, how many how many guys out there do y'all? There's four of us on our on the couple leases that we've got, and then there's another probably four or five from the Noonan area that okay. lease right around us, and we kind of all just stay together. So, gotcha. A lot of fun. 
Good times. Kansas this year? Did you draw a tag? No, I have to put in a point. You can't draw anymore without a point in Kansas. Yeah. I mean, I know so many people that tried this year and they got denied. I know I, I was saw saw the Kansas draw results that came out, and there were a lot of people that were up, even in the bow hunting league. Oh, I mean, yeah. there were a lot of guys in there that that Did had deer that were pinned, and they're like, "Sorry, not gonna make it." Yep. I mean, well, same way in Utah, Shad didn't draw this year. Really? Yeah. For he's a resident, not drawing. Yeah, I believe that in Utah. That's tough. That's crazy. Yeah. What is that racket? Here, you want mayo? Yeah, I want. Yeah. Mayo, what are you going in this year with a um, different? So, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, my biggest thing is, is is trying to enjoy the last day as much as the first day. Um, at least talking about going, you know, going up to Illinois and going out of town. Um, that pressure that everybody's talking about, boy, it sits in on me in a bad way. Like, I can't, I can't get away from it. It, it, it. I've done that for years now, you know. Um so, so trying to correct that, I think I said the same thing last year, like trying to correct that little issue. But um, <laughs> keep talking. We're technical, difficulties, technical difficulties. But no, so something I'm I'm trying to correct too, and I, I think Jason and I talked a little bit about this. Like <clears throat> a couple of leases that I've got right now, I've got I've got to figure out how to hunt open ground. But last year there was last season there there was. I didn't have any opportunities, at least within range, within bow range. But um, wait a minute! Now you had an opportunity passed, at a pass. I passed. I passed. Let's, let's not and, go and getting reg- crazy yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goes back to enjoying the last day as much as the first day. But um, would you do it differently? Could you go back and do it again? I think I just got to learn. I got to figure out how to again hunt open. When I say open ground, you know, this is a. Uh, 150 175 acre farm and there's six acres of timber on it and that backs up to a bunch of timber but we don't have obviously permission to hunt that but just trying to trying to figure that out and and, and fortunately but unfortunately like the, the the biggest deer at least on camera that we had um are on those two different farms and i just i can't figure it out it's hard to go up there and figure it out in a in a seven day stretch as well so um that's what i'm going to try to change i'm going to try to um Maybe the saddle game is. I think I'm going to get in that saddle game just like you were talking about, Nick. And you are. I am. After that after that talking crap. I, yep. After those uh, emojis that you sent out. Not emojis, but the uh, gifts you sent I out. Have, I don't have iPhones. I can't send emojis. You can send gifts. They make them saddles strong, man. You know there, there's, there's a solid fat joke that's hey. coming along. So. If you hadn't already, check out Cruiser the Saddles. Good, they got some good ones the for good the big thing, boys. I'm getting the good <laughs> they, got that, they got that back support too, son, so you can oh, layer on back here. Absolutely. Yeah, you get their love handles in there. That's what I'm looking for. So, so yeah, there's a railroad. You put that honey bun right there. <laughs> <laughs> got the double sack on there. Yeah. The honey, I love it. But, no, there's a railroad that splits that property, and I feel like, you know, it, there's not a good, there's not a, a good set to really get a, a – um, even a temporary lock on in. So, uh, maybe the saddle game changes. I, I don't know, just – I had, I had some kind of equipment in the, in the bag last year that I could have used to, to to keep from blowing deer in and out of fields on whether that was coming out at night or going into the morning and I didn't really utilize those as well as I should have so it's trying to change that up. <laughs> what is it? Sorry everybody, we we hit a this new unit here. We're trying to figure some stuff out. They just left me hanging. I'm done. <laughs> I, I know you boys. I know Caleb and Tyler. I know you guys don't hunt up 
and Illinois. I know you guys went to Tennessee last year. You guys got any plans on that? And, and if you do, are you, are you doing anything different this year? Uh, I actually got some property in Alabama I'm going to hunt this year. And what's different for me is I'm going to try to hunt more in a lock-on. I grew up in ladder stands and house stands, and I've hunted in climber stands. I got two climbers. But uh, I think most of the time I, I hunt on a slick tree, and I'm right out in the open, so I get busted. A lot of times, so I think this year what I'm going to try is hunt in thicker trees in a lock-on. That way I have more cover and stuff like that and try that out, see see how that works for me. And then I think last year I was more nervous videoing and stuff, and now that I've done it for one-year deer season and then turkey hunting, I'm a little bit more laid back going into this deer season. So I think that's what I'm going to try different. Tyler, how about you? Uh, hopefully this year, me and Caleb are going to get to hunt some public land around here. We're going to try to hunt some core property. Um, so we're going to try that and just try not to hunt the same spot. Yeah. Yeah. That core property will beat you to death. (laughs) You better be like, like seeing people. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can only walk so far. And if you go across the line, they're going to be there waiting for you. I I found that out the hard way. That's what I keep telling Caleb. I keep telling him we need to go out there. Do you guys think that you'll get into the saddles? I don't know. Not not right now. Yeah. Why? <sighs> baby on the way. So, <laughs> price for me. I got a baby due in October, so. Fair enough. Yeah. That's the reason why. I, as lucky I as you I, are, you'll probably win it. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. But uh, <laughs> I, I didn't talk to the wife about doing the saddle thing, so she said wait until after the baby's born. Maybe we'll talk about it. There you go. I like it. Well, you might change it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to get more expensive. Yeah. You better go ahead and buy it now. Well, did you tell her you might, your mind might be changed the you get back from uh, G-O-N? Man, he'll, go, he'll come back with one. Slide that card. <laughs> I done said this year I'm not going to buy anything. I'm trying to trying to be out. good. Hey, hey, Tyler, you buy this for me, I'll pay you back. Exactly. Pay back a little Tyler, every week. Tyler, Tyler, Tyler. Reckon we can change that now transmission who, next week. Let me ask y'all a question. Y'all can answer this or not. Or y'all, does anybody buy anything and ship it to anybody else's house so their wives don't see it? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I'll tell Tyler to go ahead and get something for me. That way it don't come on our Amazon account. I, for one, have never done that. And nor has my best friend Cody Watson ever done that a day in his life. He's he's never he would never uh betray that. Hey, y'all us. come back. Everybody come back inside. So if Brittany hears this, it's not my fault. Caleb yeah. made me do it. Yeah. Hey, everybody left, Alex. <laughs> Everybody turn out the lights and parties over. Cody's gave everybody a cigarette. <laughs> Y'all come back in. Y'all ain't got to smoke outside. Y'all can smoke in here. Let, let's talk. Let's talk real quick because we ain't really. We talked a little bit about the bow hunting league and all that stuff. But um, grab you, grab you, Mike, Cody. We know you're in the top ten in the nation. Yeah, man, there he goes. There he goes, boy. <laughs> right by the house. <laughs> over our um, heads. <laughs> How important is it everybody get their archer equipment out right now and just look over everything before it? A hundred percent. Yeah. Start now because I was the guy that used to start in August and, and then I'm down there at, at you know, Timber Ghost or at, um, at uh... that's why I don't, I don't, that's why I don't have to, I don't really have to get mine out till later because, I mean, it was set up by the best. You're, you're on the top of the list. Mickey Jones set it up for you. <laughs> I guess you're on the top of the list down there. So, no, it it I is. I was very uh, 
I was that same way, Alex. I'd get my bow out last minute and, you know, sling some, try to go get some arrows cut and wonder why I didn't get it back the the week before season to start shooting. So if you're listening to this and you and you are a bow hunter, I think the time the now's the time to do it. <laughs> I'll get you, Jason Lewis. Don't worry. I know. I know. You've told me a lot. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this, talking about um, prereparation and getting it out. You know, Alex was shooting the other day and noticed that yeah, my, my, after my 40, I'm dropping. Never had that problem before, but I think my string has stretched over, over the summer. What kind of bow is that? Didn't you have a little tink right when your cam came in? No, that was no, mine. That ain't, I didn't, ain't shooting a Matthews. I'm shooting a Hoyt. There ain't no <laughs> tinks. And that, the only tink you hear is that uh, that FMJ passing through that rib cage. That's the only tink you need to worry about out of that Hoyt. <laughs> Did you get that fixed? I no. just put some more felt on it. All it is is where that string stop hits right there that's what i like to do spend that much money on a bow and have to add felt that's what it. i do add felt to everything on there it quiets it yeah 20 it was like 20 cents worth of felt so it's not <laughs> mitch hooked me up with it he actually gave it to me for free down there that's good he should have fixed it right the first time <laughs> you wouldn't have to worry about it if you took it down to mickey you wouldn't have that problem so just saying <laughs> oh man i'm telling you boys you gotta you gotta get them bows out check them strings and check them peeps you know you have to tune that thing each time you pull her back you don't if you take that twist by the string. I mean, I know that's old logic. Hey, just keep twisting your string. It'll eventually correct itself. That's all good. Um, Anything else you want to bring up no, while we're at it? No, I mean, I'm just, I'm talking about, I'm just, I think Did it's he, very important people need to get that stuff out and look over it. Are y'all changing? Are you, do you change anything your setup going from last year to this year? I mean, you change sight. I've got the whole bow for sale still. Never mm. text her. Or what are you going with, Jason? Have you decided yet? Seven. So yeah, I'm still shooting a Darton though. I love that Darton. The one that that came from Lone Wolf. Lobo. Yeah. It's quiet. It's easy to shoot. You go back to where we were at a, ten years ago with bows, where the the Rosses and the Parkers were still in play and the PSCs. You just don't hear about them anymore. High country. High country. High country. Forerunner. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. Bear Bear was uh, worlds ahead, and yep. now they're one of the mainline bows. I mean, now it's. Oh man, I gotta have that carbon bow, or I gotta have this. Man, be careful where you go, cause like you learned, no matter how much you spend on one, you're gonna have to fix something on it. I mean, you're gonna have to. I don't care what bow brand you go with. What in the world was that? That. <laughs> that was. Was it like that? Was that terrible. Was <laughs> <laughs> oh God, this is this is. What it wasn't. I, I think with anything though that you you buy you. Don't, you don't get, feed off a lot, he's trying to say. No, I, I think. What? What have you? What are you shooting now? I mean, you Raven. got. You got. <laughs> you got I got Nick one of them. A, You got Nick shooting a prime. He's he's having to do some adjustments. You got you shooting a Hoyt. You're having to do some adjustments. That may be the side. It may be, you know, people shoot HHA one year, then they something, you know, they don't like about it. People shoot, um, you know, whatever, CBE, whatever, you know. I think you just have to find what works for you and tweak and. Twist and. All the things. I'm going back to a pendulum. <laughs> Keller. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going back to the old swing pendulum. And a muzzy drop away? The old no, school horn no, one? No, no, Shoot, no. I'm going whisker biscuit all the way if I go pendulum. I don't need no movement. You remember back when you could, you shot, and I, I don't know if anybody ever shot a whisker biscuit, but if you barely breathed or twitched just a little bit, you'd tailspin that arrow. Oh, it won't affect nothing. You move, it's going to twitch it. And I had a five and a half inch brace height PSE, 
in that omen shooting a whisker biscuit. Yeah. That guy's like, oh, it's the best rest you could have. No problems. I'm like, yeah, that's great. And I'm looking out there and I'm like, man, them arrows are slapping that target sideways. I wonder why. Well, that just comes from taking it to the wrong place to get set up. You'll have that on them big jobs. Do you think it's important to have a drop away? And well, me and Cody talked about this the other day. We was talking about a guy, um, hell, I think it was Cus Strickland actually talking about a whisker biscuit. And just for a common bow that's going to, like most of most people aren't going to shoot outside of 40 yards of the deer. If you're shooting a bow with a seven inch brace height, the whisker biscuit's fine because that arrow is leaving. I don't know, it's milliseconds faster. I don't disagree. Kids, young uh, people, new archers, get that. You're perfectly fine with that. But make sure when your bow shop is setting up that bow to tune it the correct way. Make sure it's set and square. But if you buy one of these speed bows that are six, six and a quarter or less brace height, you're going to be absolutely still when you shoot. And if you're not, you're going to have problems. That's my opinion on it, and I lived it, so. But do you think, and where Nick was going with this, do you think all the stabilizers, the rear stabilizers, the all these new gadgetries that's out there, do you think it's all necessary? Necessary? <laughs> I don't. No. Mm-mm. Red Bear didn't have none of that. I told Nick, we were talking about stabilizers, and I said the reason I picked my stabilizers is because it matched my bow. That's the only reason I did. I bought a bee stinger because it's in stone gray, just like my bow is. Yeah. I didn't buy one that was 14 inches long to help me stabilize the bow. I probably could have got it by with one that was six inches long if it had one in that color. If I took a 14-inch stabilizer half the places I go in the woods, do you know what it'd sound like? Yeah. I mean. I'd beat it off everything yeah. in the woods. You did what? <laughs> <laughs> no, that didn't come out right. I had a Dana White moment there. <laughs> never had a 14-inch. Yeah. never had a stick with that six-inch. Yeah, I'm going to shoot that stretching. I, I just – I've heard, a, you know, talking to him about the whisker biscuit, and then I heard Tony Peterson talking about not having, like, you don't need that stabilizer. I, like I said, how many people do you think is going to shoot outside of 40 year, yards at a deer? I mean, you shot at that deer last year's little father. Mayo will shoot at one at the head. He don't care. <laughs> um, but, I mean, most of the time I'm not, even though I can see past that. I'm not going to risk that. I don't I don't want to hunt where I can shoot past 40 yards. If I'm hunting in a position that's past 40 yards, I have picked the wrong spot. That's, right. mm-hmm. that's my that's, that's right. my philosophy. Get mm-hmm. in tight. I completely agree. Yeah. You know, I want that top pin alley 20, 25, 30 yards max shot. I don't want to have to I want to be able to see right here. You know, when I look down, oh, there he is. And do you think you can get too tight though? There's an opportunity there never too tight here we go i want to put the r rating on this podcast already I mean, tight quarters never too tight quarters i like to be right on top of them i do and and i think if you're Stop. <laughs> y'all quit y'all get y'all's mind out of the gutter you're gonna you're gonna get caleb in trouble he's he's never gonna be allowed back he got them tight quarters <laughs> oh god here we go oh uh. Shot a whisker biscuit. <laughs> Me, I shot a whisker biscuit. I know I didn't have as much money as you spend. That's why I had to shoot that whisker biscuit. <laughs> I, I would say there's a, probably, and, and I think I think the you po- shot a whisker biscuit. What what did you have on that uh, that Bowtech that Tech Twenty Nine when you had it back in the day? I think you had a whisker biscuit on that um that brute force. 
Yeah, no, the um, – what did I just say? Here, here's where I think yeah. that, that he was going with that whisker biscuit, and not Alex. I'm talking about just a normal hunter is going to go. You can have – you're not going to have any problems other than tail kick out of that arrow with a whisker biscuit. But you, you take that one bow and you go out of state and you go hunting and your drop away rest messes up. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do then? You know, unless you got an extra one or the you find a bow shop open. Let's say you're 12 miles back up in the back country somewhere. And then and then the other one is the riser. Um, the hamski. Yeah, the, that comes on there. And, and the people that I've heard that do hunt with that in the woods, again, going back to thick area, it can hang up on a lot of stuff. So I think that's where the conversation would go of having a whisker biscuit. Or... You can buy the new Matthews that has a cam lockout system, and you can fix your string your cable. It, it don't it don't lock up like the old old one. Gotcha. No. The, who set that bow up? <laughs> that, moving on, that happened on a mule deer hunt in Colorado. Came off the. Didn't you open your bow case? Oh no, you no, drove. No, yeah, I, I yeah, that's right. Say, say that again. What happened? He shot. I got to Colorado and started shooting, and I heard something. It didn't sound right, and looked down, it popped my arm, and the whole cable and strings and everything had jumped off the cam. Really? Mm-hmm. And my lighted knock was still stuck in my string serving, and the arrow was in the left side of the target. Oh, and no. It caused that. Weird. Yeah. What? No, you, you, you never know. Stuff can happen. Yeah, sure. That's right. And I, I think that's just where the point was. Now, I, again, I don't know that I would want to go – it, uh, and then that goes back to getting your equipment out and making sure everything's good before you go out west and hunt and shoot 80 yards. I don't think that I would shoot a whisker biscuit 80, 90 yards if I was mule deer hunting. Yeah. I mean, I think I'd want a nice drop away, but again, that's just making sure your equipment's good. But things can happen on airplanes too. Yeah. Because they beat that crap around. They bent an HHA site at Delta one time. Literally bent it. I got it out of the case in Oklahoma. It looked like a banana. I mean, they don't it was care. Curved, it was curved. They do not care. I've watched you them take that shotgun it. case and just sling. sling it. It. That's right. I know. You got. You got to be careful and check everything. Yep. Well, and I think you take the risk of of going back to the whisker biscuit, even with it, it gets off square a little bit. And gosh, a mighty year. I mean, there's all kinds of problems you can have with any type of equipment you you got, and it goes back to getting it out and being prepared. But you can also shoot too much. You can develop bad habits the more you shoot. You shoot 20 arrows, and those last five, you developed a bad habit of dropping your hand or twisting it the wrong way. The next five you shoot the next time you start, mentally are you going to have those same bad habits that you developed? And I think that goes back to overshooting. Get fatigued, put it in the case. You send two bad ones, put it in the case. You get shaky, put it in the case. There's good days and bad days in archery just like there is in anything. 12 arrows of good practice is better than 15 arrows of bad practice. Yeah. Yeah, I've watched guys chase arrows for Mm -hmm. 10 extra arrows Mm -hmm. with their sight, you know, chasing it back and forth, back and forth. Well, boys, I can promise you, on the golf course, I started off on a crappy hole, and I still finished 18 holes after that, and I was playing like crap. But um, don't say we didn't warn you when the bow shoot comes up. Get your stuff ready. Bow shoot? What bow shoot you talking about? That bow shoot we've been talking about on the podcast. We talked about it last week. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that the the arrow game is the biggest change, or what? what's the biggest change in archery in your mind? I don't know. I don't have one. I don't think the arrow, because the arrow's been – we've been shooting 
How Carbonaris for a while. Carbonaris. Pretty good while. I mean, I was probably still living at home when I shot aluminum. <laughs> um, I, I just I, I bring that up because I've recently seen a lot of people going back to aluminum. You know, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a bunch of people out there talking about aluminum arrows again. FMJ, I mean, you've got the aluminum jack mm-hmm. they call a carbon core, but I think it's all in what you find confidence in. If you're shooting VAPs, shoot them. If you're shooting FMJ, shoot them. If you're shooting Black Eagle, shoot them. If you're shooting, you know, uh, carbon force from Walmart, shoot them. Be confident in it. But whatever you do, don't go changing up just because somebody said, oh, this mm-hmm. is better. Don't Don't chase the crowd. Just because I shoot FMJs doesn't mean somebody else can't shoot uh beaming you know whatever it's what i prefer i want to find my and it's just like fishing if you find a good fishing lure you better stay throwing that same fishing lure because you're going to get confidence in it but if it ain't working for you it might be time to change something up so i think they've the big thing on bows is it's not about speed anymore and i know that's changed a couple years ago you know it's more about um forgiveness forgiveness yeah we went away good from back wall the six six and a half inch brace heights it's back up to seven inches and you're finding longer axle to axle bows whereas before it was you know shorter quick 350 fps you know you're you're not looking at that stuff anymore the ibo speeds have came way back down now they're portraying a do you think that shorter bow. axle to axle bow you have maybe you changed the anchor point and that's what's throwing your further 40 off no no absolutely not i'm confident in my shooting it's the bow 100 percent. and and i am a i am a devout anchor point this is where i'm going to shoot i know for a hundred percent fact it is not me it is the bow I, I can without and i feel like if you develop a good enough strategy when you're shooting you i'm confident in myself shooting when you lose that confidence, you get to the point where you're facing target panic like what you are. I haven't lost my confidence there. I know for a fact when I hold that pin at 20, it's going in the center. When I hold it at 30, it's going in the center. I'm not facing those problems at 20 and 30. It's when I get to 40, even 35, I'm hitting just a little bit low. Go to 40, I'm hitting a little bit lower. And I know something has changed with that boat, whether it's a sight, whether it's a string, whatever, something has changed. That's just, and I honestly feel like it's a confidence thing. I, I've went through punching the trigger, and I've had to change something. I've went through holding my hand in the improper way, and I'm torquing my bow. I've went through that stuff, and now I know when I draw my bow with my eyes closed, I'm at the same anchor point when I open my eye. My eye's looking through that peep, and I don't have, I don't have, I don't face those challenges that you face with punching a trigger or target panic. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> Damn, Alex is in the truck with Cody. <laughs> I mean, it's the, it's just my my take on it. I mean, I think you you develop your own confidence in your shooting, and I have one hundred percent confidence in my shooting. However, if I get to the point where I'm not, I'm putting in the case and I'm quitting for the day because I will get a bow out sometimes and draw it, and I'm like, this just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good shooting. And I'm putting it up. I'm not moving my side. I'm not changing this. I'm not trying to change or reinvent the wheel. I'm going through my motions. I'm closing my eyes. And if I make a good shot, all right, cool, I'm back. If I make a bad shot, I'm putting it up. I just That's just my take on it. I mean, and I, I think everybody has to develop. We can sit here all day, and I can tell you what my strategy is for practicing. It doesn't do any good for you. It's not going to change what you face when you're shooting your bow. It's not going to change what Jason does when he's shooting his bow. 
I don't know. That's just my take on it. Well, that was a long answer. <laughs> um, well, I'd get you bow in the shop. I don't need to get it in the shop. I need to take my tape off and I need to put my new uh, setup tape on there, make sure my 20 is good, make sure my 60 is good, take the number that's on there for that setup tape and put the correct one on there. I'm shooting that single pin now, and that's what it is. Something has changed in that bow's geometry, whether it's the string stretching and making it longer, whether it's uh, the limbs have gotten stretched. I mean, yeah, a twist has been in there. Something has happened since I shot that bow in December because I was shooting my bow well into December because Georgia had that extended archery season, or Cherokee County did, where we could hunt until the end of January. January the 13th or 14th is when I went last with it. And I shot it right before I went, and it was fine. Mm-hmm. Now something has happened, and it could be that it was in the case all summer in hot weather or spring in hot weather, cold, hot, cold, hot in that building. I don't know. Maybe something changed there, but something changed in it. I'll come back to that when I put that setup tape on there and I sighted in at 20 and 60 again. Okay. <laughs> Just a question. Thanks Was for it the a answer. fair enough answer? Thanks for the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. What do you think's changed, Nick? As far as bow hunting, as far as bow hunting, like advancements, far, like oh, that's what I said though. As far as the the oh, speed yeah. of bows oh, have that. have went down. I think heavier arrows. Remember, everybody used to want a light arrow. Yep. Man, I love a heavy arrow, five hundred and fifty plus grains and a solid broadhead, not an expandable. That's that's my favorite setup. But you don't have to shoot eighty pounds to get those no, speeds out of not. a heavy arrow. And your solid feral broadheads, the profiles become so much slimmer that if you got a bow that's tuned right by the right person, you can you can send it. That's good. Well, I can tell you that the the thought process goes into like the broadheads when you've got those those what what what's so funny. What do you got to say about it? your shoulders being blowed out come 40-year-old Mr. 80-pounder? Shoot 80 pounds? Yeah, he's Cameron Haynes. He's he's setting it. He's setting. Eric Richard shoots 80 pounds, too. I shoot 78. Really? I like it. Not a, I'm, I'm a 55-65. I'm a I like it set at 60 pounds. I mean, that's just... It does. But I can pull those 80-pound bows back. Twice. I'll pull them back. I've got the form for it. I'm not worried about that. But the the thing that I am worried about is when it's cold and I can't pull those bows back, and I know that I can't. When I've sat there for three and a half, four hours, and I can't pull that bow back. I knew I learned that the hard way. I mean, that's that's a tough thing. You got to be sitting down with all your clothes on and. I, I can't do it. I know that I can't do it. That's why I go to 60 because I, I I want to prepare for those times when it is the hardest. I can't pull a 70-pound bow back when it's 20 degrees outside. I, I can't. I mean, I'm not strong enough. I'm not afraid to admit that. But I can pull that 60-pound bow back consistently when it's that cold. Mm-hmm. And I, I learned that it was Georgia 2019 or 20. I'm going to say 19. When that big snowstorm came, the last weekend of bow season, I mean, it hammered us. It was like January the 14th, 12th, uh, 13th, 14th, whatever it was, and we got a heavy snow. I went and plopped my tail in the tree thinking I'm going to bust a doe. Couldn't pull my bow back. Set it 64 pounds. I could not get that bow back because I had sat there bundled up, tight to myself, trying to stay warm. What happened? I stood up, tried to pull back on a doe. I couldn't get it back. I mean, and I'd like to have hurt myself trying to pull it back. And I think that practice over consistency 
you got to get there and I, I can't do it so but Fred Bear killed everything on the face of North America with a 30 pound recurve so <laughs> and we sit here and talk about speeds and everything else so know your equipment what else you fellas got I'm sure we could conjure up a lot with this group. Well, no. You want to talk boots? <laughs> What's everybody wearing for boots this year? Who's got Christmas? Oh. <laughs> Not me. I'm wearing those Academy uh, 800 gram <laughs> rubber boots. <laughs> yeah, I'll have those all again probably. As long as Academy's still selling them, I'll have a new pair. They dry rot after a year. You're going to have to spend that, <laughs> that 80 bucks. You're going to have to buy a new pair every year. What kind of cold cold weather boot do you wear, Jason? Just those crispies, that's it. Really? A pair of church socks, yeah. And I wear those um, lacrosse arrowhead boots all the way till it gets to, I mean, it's got to be below 20 for me to put those crispies on and my feet get hot. I got the uninsulated crispies, so I won't be wearing those unless it's early season. I, I think that what you said, those thin church socks yep. with a pair of wool socks yep. over them, that's, that's the it. key that's thing. The you know who told me that? After all the years of being around anybody, it was either Mike or your daddy one that mm -hmm. told me that right. when we was up at Amicalola. I was freezing my damn feet off, and I thought, I got something's got to be different about these boots. Yeah. What's changed? And they told me that. I don't uh, do the church socks, but I do uh, merino wool. Yeah, yeah. Something that wicks, that wicks away from yeah. Yep. My feet sweat. Mine too. Poor sweat. Yep. And swapping to a rubber boot for me was, was the beneficial thing. I wear a rubber boot. I don't know why those 800 gram cheap boots, they're cheap. I mean, they're 80 bucks. You can buy them at Academy. They're not expensive boots at all, but I put on those thin socks. I put on a thick pair of socks. Yep. Now, if it gets sub 20, I'm throwing a toe warmer in there. I yep. put them on. I mean, they're cheap. I can throw them in there like in Iowa in December. It's cold. I mean, you're going to experience single digit temperatures. My feet's never got cold there though. Toe warmer on there. I don't know. That's just my, that's my yeah fix on it i don't like my feet getting cold if my feet no cold, i'm I going can, to the I, truck I, yeah i can that'll end a hunt for me or to make me move it's a mental game when your feet get it cold is. it will break you oh, yeah. faster than anything it's, or your fingers yeah it's like me trying to beat the map in siri like she tells me it's going to get me there at 1258 so whatever game i got to play to get there before 1258 <laughs> it's the same thing in your mind when your when your feet get cold how long can i sit here till it feels like pins and needles and i absolutely just can't stand yeah. who is siri Siri's the person on your map. Cody. Who is Siri? Where, where, where's she been? <laughs> Who is Siri? Cody's probably still running a Garmin truck. You got a Tom Tom? Tom Tom. <laughs> you remember Tom Tom? Oh, yeah. You know, that's something else. We used to carry those big GPSs around in our cars and never would have imagined that those flip phones would be able to do a map. And now we're carrying around a, something that's way smarter than any of us. We were printing out map quests. And then before that, oh, yeah. map books. We had map books, the Atlas, Road Atlas. Alex and I worked for uh, Brinks Home Security. We everyday map books. They'd send us an address. We had to look it up. Yep. You'd look in the back, reference where the, the longitude and latitude yep. was at, the A and B on there. That's an A and whatever, on page, whatever. I don't know. Most people that listen to this probably don't even know what a map book is. Or a tom-tom. It's not a turkey. <laughs> it is a device. You know, I was in New Orleans, and after Katrina, the first time I got one of those, I, I pulled up, and the guys were like, here, you're going to need this to navigate around down here. The, none of the roads have signs. They were all blown down. And they gave me a tom-tom to punch in the address, and you typed it in. It looked it up. And 
now we're doing that with our phone with Waze and, and Google Maps or whatever. Yeah. Tells you where the cops are parked. I mean, just it's ridiculous, mm-hmm. the technology. Do you ever click still there for the speed checks? If you go by them, you see it says speed check. You, you ever used Waze? I, I have, but I don't anymore. Uh, I like Waze. You get a $300 speeding ticket, you use Waze. <laughs> 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 it's a lot cheaper to use ways, don't yeah, it, Cody? Exactly. <laughs> well, what else you got? I'm this is the last night here. I'm good, buddy. Thinking back over the last 118 or 117 episodes that we've done, we've had a lot of memories in this spot. Mm-hmm. Uh and we've sat here and got the opportunity to to talk with a lot of people. Anyone in particular that sticks out in your head that sat at this table right here and talked to us? Mm-mm. I ain't had nobody over here good. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Growing up a baseball fan and Chipper Jones coming to your house, I, I'd say that's about the highlight of highlight I'll do. You know, and, and I mean, who else could I, even when we go to your studio over there, who else could come in there that would, that I could think of that would surpass it? I don't know. I mean, Nobody bigger name that anybody would recognize. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. mean, maybe, maybe. I think you could, and I've said this before, I think you go to the West Coast and walk up and down a beach in Los Angeles and be like, hey, you know who Chipper Jones is? They know who he is. Yeah. You, know? Uh, you walk up and down the beach in San Diego and say, hey, you know who Michael Waddell is? And they'd be like, who? But you think about the, the relationships that have been built on this table, whether it was in person or on the phone. You know, we we were we were extended opportunities to talk to people we never would have dreamed that we would. We were extended opportunities to build relationships with people that we never thought we would. We were also extended opportunities to have conversations with people that we'll never get to have again. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, Big West sat right there where where Caleb's at, and mm-hmm. we won't have that opportunity to talk to him again. And we've had so many good times, but it's just beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the future is is so bright for, for what we're trying to do. And if you listen to this and you hear us giving each other a hard time and you judge us based on that, you probably really don't know us at, at all because we will absolutely cuss one another out in the yard, but there ain't nobody else going to come in this yard and cuss us out. You know, we'll have each other's back. And I think that's the one thing that we've always been good at is having each other's back. And we're going to argue and and say we don't like this or we don't like that but i think the fun of it's been built through this i don't know i think it's there's people been on this podcast so far that i've been like man i can't believe we got these people on and there's been people i've been like i can't believe we haven't got them on yeah they haven't just took the time out for us you think about you know even bailey with suburban whitetail you know bailey showed up here never met us before in his life came in the studio and had a great conversation with it back to the beginning the blue collar boys i mean they've been somebody Derek, the full draw guys we've had all them on i mean we can sit here and go through every single episode that we've had but you think about the relationship build like with cal Never. Yeah, Cal Hardy sat right there and broke her headphones. <laughs> yeah. Send you a bill for those, Cal, by the way. And has become probably one of our most advantageous supporters. And and will continue to grow on that. Relationships. I can't wait to see the next 118. <laughs> With good friends alike. Well, and, and, and when I think when you get that many people... 
and you start doing these things and you don't want to, you don't want to wear that same person out. But a lot of times you have to bring those same people back on and, and, and help because they they helped you build. So why not keep bringing them back on to help you build? So there's going to be a lot of repeat people, I believe over the next 118. Well, it's just like having friends, you know, yeah. you can stop by their house every now and then sit on the porch and talk a while, mm-hmm. just see what's new. That's right. What you think, Caleb? What's the what's the next one eighteen got in store for for talk about it outdoors in your mind? Uh, <clears throat> <not my> turn. <laughs> I don't know. I think we're gonna have some I mean, good good people on. I think we're we've done not just a, with the podcast. Not with the podcast. Not just with it. I mean, maybe that's what it is for you. But what's what's the what's the what in your mind is the future, and what what are we gonna build on? Uh, relationships, I think, meeting new people, talking to new people, and uh, I think it's just going to keep on growing. I do. I really think it's going to keep on getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, word of mouth, there's people that I work with that don't have nothing to do with hunting, but they're wearing our talk about hats and stuff that we got, and then they're going hanging out in town or going to some restaurants, and people are asking them, where'd you get that hat at, and all that. So I think just word of mouth, getting more people seeing our stuff, shirts, hats. Imagine if you think stuff. back to the – there's been mountain lions with pictures taken with our hat on. There's been alligators taken with our stuff on. There's been countless deer, turkeys. I mean, but then you think about the little the little things in most people's mind that probably mean the most to us, a kid walking into school wearing a shirt, you know, or any of those little things that – you made a difference in it. And I had a guy text me the other night that said, man, I just want you to know I appreciate the show because my boys can't go to sleep at night without listening to it. They want to know if there's a new episode out. And I think those are the cool things that people probably don't see that we notice more than anything else. I mean, you think about the phone call I made the other day to one of our biggest supporters, and I'll give him a shout-out on here, Jeremy Dettinger. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he lives in Pennsylvania. I met him for three minutes at a um, at the airport, literally when I was flying out. And he just walked by and he's like, what is that? And I told him, and he is probably by far one of our biggest supporters and fans. He likes everything we do. We've sent him some stuff, and I actually invited him to the bow shoot, and he said he was going to try everything he could do to come down here. So it's uh, we've, we've got to build those relationships across everything. And I, that's what I look forward to, just continue to build these relationships like sh- like shad and um heard a thing the other day that really stuck out in my mind that it's i've thought about it so much since i heard it and it said there will never be a close friend that will support you as much as a stranger on social media you think about that and any any of my close friends that 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 want to argue that we've got i've got the proof you want to support somebody, support you, just support your close friends. I don't care if it's a show, a small business, whatever. Remember them because they're the ones that you're calling and asking for a, for a sponsorship for a baseball team or you're calling them. If you want to go out shopping, spend a few extra bucks and spend it with them. I mean, that just really stuck in my mind that a, a stranger will support you more than the closest people to you. So, Here's a question for everybody. I want you all to dig deep. You all can start whoever. Who, on the next 118 episode, who do you want to see? Who do you want to hear on the podcast? I've got a good one. Go first. Eichler. 
I want to chase him down. I want to get him on. I think that would be a great conversation. That's that's one that I've I've pondered on a lot. I think it would be a very very cool one to see. I, I want to hear everybody's opinion, and I want people once they hear this episode, I want them to comment on something, Facebook, Apple, whatever. Give us ideas to help because we need new content. Maybe it's somebody we've overlooked, a small person on YouTube that's trying to grow, or a small person on Instagram that's trying to grow. Help us out. I mean, it don't have to be it don't have to be somebody famous. It can be. <laughs> I got one more. Just though. A, your old papa or something that likes to talk. You know, it don't matter. We got to get dad on talk squirrel hunting. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. I mean, and then we can go back to this episode at one eighteen and be like, who do we need on the episode? I don't know. Go back to one eighteen and listen to it at the end, and then we'll we'll find those people. Somebody else. Who you got? Go ahead. You go ahead. Well. <laughs> and it don't have to be one. It can be multiple. Sure. I mean, so, so, I mean, famous or not, or big name or not, I mean, I still would like to hear some of the the, the original, you know, South Georgia South, Southern boys like a Jackie Bushman or a Bill Jordan or something like that. I mean, I, I think that would be. What'd be a good one, Bill? Oh, man. It, it, that would, that's a feather in the cap. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, in regardless of name or, 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 you know, the fame there, I, I still think they're genuine guys, or at least I feel like they are, and I, that'd, that'd be awesome. I'm with you. I, I want to get, like, some old heads. I want to get Will Primos or Harold Knight on here. Yep, yep. That'd be my two. Sorry if I stole like, anybody's. I'd like to hear uh, Jeff Foxworthy. I think Ooh, he'd be boy, cool. that'd be a good one, I yeah. he'd be super cool to have on to talk to. Mm-hmm. I'll link. I'll link that up. I'll call him. <laughs> call old Fox. I think I've got a. I've got a. I got it. Just go ahead and <laughs> pencil it in. <laughs> um, I could think of a bunch, but I think a neat one would be Tim Wells. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, that would be a good one. Just here. I think I agree with that too. I also want to hear the meat eater, old Steve. Yes. Yeah. Steve yeah. I love. I just love to hear him on here. Tyler. Caleb's gonna make fun of me for this, Randy but Owen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's an old flame burning in your eyes. <laughs> yeah, mine would be Cameron Haynes. I would I love to be, talk to I Cameron. Cameron. I mean, I, awesome. I I have no no qualms with him whatsoever. And I think all those are would be willing to do it. I, I do think some of those we can get on here. I think some of them are going to be tough. I think Steve Rennell would be the hardest. I really do. He just just from, pulled in so many different yeah. directions. Yeah, just from Cody messaging him like when we first started, and then we sent um, Clay Newcomb an email and asked him, and he just said there's too busy. So, but I don't know. There's room out there, and I, and I'd love to get. I didn't say Tony Peterson. I'd love to get Tony Peterson. Tony on. would be a fine one, and I think um, that, I'd like to get the whole meat eater crew on at some point. But um, my my number one, which I think uh, just from hearing how he is with certain podcasts and his time and. Being the person he is, a Jim Shockey, I think, yeah, I think, would be like, yeah, a pinnacle. But I think he would be, yeah. In my opinion, Jim's the greatest hunter that ever lived. So yeah, that's just that's just my yeah, opinion. I mean, yeah, I mean there's I mean, nobody nobody in my mind. I mean, and I've and he'd probably be harder than Renelda. I think he yeah. very limits his. The few I've heard him do with him has been thirty minutes, and it's been a hard stop at thirty minutes. I mean, yeah. He's probably pulled in nine thousand different directions. Yeah, he but, is. But he, but he lives life too. If anybody that, I mean, he, you know, not just from a hunting standpoint, but I mean, he he truly. If you guys follow him on any kind of social media, I mean, he truly lives 
Well, he's battling, his wife battling cancer now has, has got him, his time has been devoted to his family and he's, he's taken away from a lot of the hunting aspect of it to stay with that. I mean, his, his family means more to him than anything. I mean, he's raised his kids in hunting. He's raised his wife in hunting. And so there might yeah. be some people out there who want to get on the talk about it outdoors podcast too, boys. Yeah, if you hear this episode, you want to reach out to them. <laughs> I want to hear those, but I do want to go back to hearing some of the stories, like you said, the South Georgia. Let's get some of these people on that, I mean, come into town for a weekend. Let's sit down and spend one. I mean, don't just think that we have to call you. Let's do it on a Friday night where we can sit down and we can have a real conversation with these people. And I don't know. I mean, if the time allowed us, I'd be willing to get on the road to go to some of these folks to talk to them if it worked out. Don't worry about the don't worry about the horse load the wagon, son. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. It's getting late. Final words, Nick? Farewell, boys. It's been it's been real. It's been fun. Take that damn green monster over and get it out of here. <laughs> what you got, Cody? Anything? I'm just excited. We got a lot coming up, so I ain't got to say that in a while. I'm excited. Jason Lewis. Man, it's been <clears throat> it's been an awesome awesome ride. It is kind of uh, sentimental where it all started right here in the old mm-hmm. Wilson studio. So, uh, but we're on to on to a new chapter now, and looking forward to that. But just appreciate everybody around the table. It's been it's been awesome. You know, we started this thing down here real quick, cutting somebody off. We started this thing down here when me and Alex were talking about this. Alex didn't want to do it at his house because we didn't know where to do it with the kids. And then I was just like a little bit like, oh, how's this gonna work down here? With people coming over, and now I think we've kind of we've kind of switched a little bit. Where I'm like, dang, I you know I've just got comfortable, and now he's ready to move over there. So, well, and I don't think this is the end of the basement. I think we're gonna have this gives us an opportunity. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we're done. We're done. Y'all getting out. I'm fixing to park a lawnmower in here. You gonna drag your '67 Nova in here and yeah. start rebuilding that thing? I'll be tearing stuff apart. So, no. <laughs> well, it gives you an opportunity to expand what we're doing down here. I mean, this this could turn into a weekend production, and it's, it's yeah. what you've said. No yeah, I'm, I'm gonna try to do something down here eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Mayo. I think there's going to be a lot of gratitude that comes out of the uh, the D board Taj Mahal over there. Um, just the work that you guys, you know, everybody's put into it. Um, somebody said it earlier, like being able to come in there and just cut the lights on and get to work, um, and knowing that 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 that's what that's for. <clears throat> I really, I, I really feel uh, there might be some nervousness there, but but overall, it should. I think it'll have a really, really good feel, you know, when you walk in there and hit those lights and, 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 and you know, everything goes live. I, th- I, I think uh, there'll be a lot of gratitude that comes out of that. So looking forward to it for you guys for sure. It's not for you guys. It's for us guys. <laughs> I mean, it's an us thing. And, you know, we'll talk more on that down the road. But the the Wilson studio, and, and I've had people ask, why do you call it the Wilson studio? It just felt right when I said it the first time. It was never about, you know, Nick's house. He – he extended the opportunity to open up the the door to all of us. And, you know, that brings us down to the final episode in the Wilson studio and the final spit here for now. And as we move into the final spit here, I can't thank uh, you enough, Nicholas, for extending the doors always open mentality of your home. You've welcomed so many names here, welcomed so many friends into it, and you've given us an opportunity to experience your home. It is your sanctuary. It is your life that you've built here. 
And it's been an opportunity for us to have so many conversations with people that we never would have had the opportunity to, nor would we dream we would be able to at this point. The laughs, the tears, the memories. We've adapted the phrase, mount the memories. Adapted it into a living, breathing thing through this podcast. The relationships founded, etched in stone, will forever be a memory here. And this ain't the end of it, I can promise you that. We'll be back again, and y'all keep looking out for the weekend productions to come into full fruition. And if you haven't already, make sure you check out what's going on over on YouTube. I'm going to get that plug in before it's over. But remember, smile as you go, and don't forget, always mount the memories. Building the foundation of your life starts at the base, and the stronger it is, the better. Talk About It Outdoors is proud of our strong partnership with United Concrete and Paving and the foundation of support they provide. Whether your new home being built needs concrete work or that driveway you're tired of beating all the bearings from your pickup needs a paving, Michael and his team can provide any residential or commercial project support you might need from the ground up. If you're tired of tripping over that unsettled patio slab or a future shop build needs a smooth start, United Concrete and Paving can get you going when you need it most. Give them a call at 404-831-3036 and make sure you tell them them TAI boys are where you heard it first. A few years back, when an overbearing and overgrown backyard became an eyesore, I looked for a solution to resolve. LRS Land Services created a stunning and complete transformation turnkey at an affordable price with their mulching services. Not limited to mulching, LRS can provide turnkey grading and clearing, maintenance, right-of-way clearing, and even development for any and all forestry needs. With an innovative outlook on what is best for your land and a completely different approach than others, LRS can transform your overgrown eyesore into a beautiful landscape of your dreams. Give them a call at 404-889-1105 or check their work out on Facebook at LRS Land Services. Logan and his team are ready to make your land brand new again. Are you in need of a decluttering barn or garage slap full of stuff you just don't need? Or is your construction site needing a dumpster? Give our buddy Tony at Georgia Junk and Dumpster Rental a call. With services ranging from junk removal to roll-offs, Georgia Junk is here to help with any and all removal needs. If it's time to get that parking spot back or the boat needs a place inside, Tony and his team can surely assist. Servicing Cherokee, Cobb, Bartow, and surrounding counties, give them a call at 404-406-3501 or check them out on Facebook at Georgia Junk. Clean up the yard in short order with Georgia Junk.